Hello, and welcome to the Spiraling Higher podcast hosted by me, Sam, Mindset and Manifestation Coach. And me, Gina, your Biz and Mindset Coach. We're here to support you on your spiritual journey by bringing you intimate and raw conversations about healing, manifestation, consciousness, and spirituality. We hope this podcast makes you feel less alone as you become aware of your patterns and limiting beliefs to uplevel your life, manifest like a boss, and together, spiral higher. Welcome back to the Spiraling Higher podcast. We have a wonderful guest here today who is going to be sharing with us really that circumstances do not dictate the outcome. And I can't wait to dive into the conversation with her. She has such an inspirational story and we just have so many questions to ask. I know. I'm so, so stoked. So our guest who is coming on the pod, her name is Ola Niki, and I met her in New York last month. She was actually one of the speakers at an event that I went to. I was actually there. I was just- I was streaming. Oh, yeah. yeah. You were there virtually. <laughs> I was there physically. Gina was there virtually. I also spoke at the event, but I was just so, so moved by her life story, mm-hmm. and so which really informed her business. So Ola Niki- is a spiritual self-love teacher, author, and seven-figure CEO of both Goddess Detox and Selfish Babe. And so her current companies are focused on spiritual women's wellness, and she provides herbal-based self-love, like inspired products. And it's just everything she does is infused with love Mm -hmm. and her belief in spirituality and her belief in herself and really is all about reconnecting to yourself. And I love that her Basically, her mantra for Selfish Babe is that if you take care of yourself, you can take care of the world. I love that. I mean, we say that all the time, that if you don't nurture yourself, you can't nurture anyone else, including your business. And um, it really does start with us. And that's been an interesting concept for you and I, I think, recently, just about being selfish and how abnormal that feels, but how necessary it is in order for us Mm. to really do the things that we need to do and be the person that we need to be. I know. Well, it's funny because if you are socialized as a woman and presumably in the Western hemisphere like we were, you are socialized to think that you are a good woman or a good girl or good mom if you basically just put yourself last. Yeah. It's like if I do everything for everyone, then everyone will be happy with me. I will feel safe and I will be good. And um, a lot of women are just afraid to say no, are afraid to put themselves first and um, – I don't know. I haven't struggled with that as much personally. I feel that I'm kind of a naturally selfish person. I was just going to say, that's <laughs> definitely not your problem. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I I do see though, having grown up as a relatively selfish person, I do pour so much into myself that I can actually be there for other people. Yeah. Whereas I'm actually seeing a lot of people pour out from an empty cup and they can't actually be there for the people that they want to be there for. They're kind of having to, they're burning out from that. And so, you know, you have to really think about it. Is selfishness or is selflessness in the way that you're performing it, is that really selflessness or is that almost selfish? Because you're almost doing some of these things to avoid feeling bad about yourself. So it's almost like there are so many people who are- Yes, there are people who are being selfless, but it's almost like in an inherently hidden, like, selfish nature. I know it's it's borderline martyr being a martyr sometimes. I think I've definitely fallen into that trap um, because you're doing so much, then you're waiting for everybody else to notice how much you're doing. And when they don't, you're like, how can you not see this? Look at how much I'm doing. I'm so selfless. Totally. Yeah. And I think, I think that when you're selfish first and then you go out and you help people or, you know, offer your time and energy, you're not doing it from, I'm trying to get something from it kind of way yeah. because like you're already full. Yeah. And so when you're, you're, you're giving from a full cup, you don't need to be reciprocated. You don't need some sort of validation from that. But when you are going from selfish, selflessness first, you're, you're, you are kind of doing it in the hopes that it will like fill up your cup, yeah. give you validation. And so, yeah, she she um, created a free self-love app called Literally Ooh. Selfish Babe. And this is serving to provide women with daily affirmations and like self-love reminders because, you know, it takes a long time to break a cycle. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about that. Yep. It takes a long yeah. time. I mean, if your pattern has been just constantly being a doormat, you know, putting people first, you know, for you to really change the script and the narrative, it's not going to be in one day, right? You might have a breakthrough and realize, oh my gosh, I've been like 
helping all these people because I feel scared of what they're going to think of me or how they're going to judge me. And now I really want to put myself first, but you're not just going to do that like in one day. And so um, it's really cool because the app actually that she's created is there to serve as a reminder that this takes time. You have to mm. remind yourself over and over. Mm, I definitely need that reminder today for sure. Yeah, I feel like selfishness just inherently just has such a negative connotation to it because it kind of insinuates that you only care about yourself and not caring about anybody else. Whereas I think mm-hmm. the way that spiritual selfishness, maybe you could call it, is taking care of yourself first because you care about everybody yes. else around you, you know? It's so. totally, I feel like from a spiritual lens, it really is totally different because by being selfish, by taking care of my energy, I literally can give back to the world. Yeah, I can't give anything that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And so when I fill myself up, then I'm so much more equipped to really freely donate, exchange energy, money, right? And so if I can't take care of me, I can't take care of anyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really hard for moms. Not that I am one, but you can speak oh, on God. this. You know, I was just going to say, so, yeah. Well, yeah, there's so much, you know, rhetoric that it's like, put your family first, put your kids first. And obviously I believe that, but how can you do that if you're not taken care of? Before we dive into the rest of this episode, I have to tell you guys about my newest part of my morning routine. For the past few months, I've been using an incredibly transformational app called Open. I've been sleeping better. I've been stressing less. and I'm having so much more energy and focus throughout the day. And I've been literally telling all of my friends and family. And so I couldn't wait to bring them to you. Open is a mindfulness app built to transform your life and you'll experience the power of combining breath work, meditation, sound, and movement to strengthen your mind-body connection. My favorite teachers are on this app, and I love that I have them with me anywhere, anytime. And the best part is they usually have classes that are under 10 minutes, so I literally can't not do it. Having a consistent breathwork practice has literally changed my life, and I know it will change yours too. This app is different from all of the other mindfulness apps out there, and I really want you to try it with me. And so you get 30 days free when you visit www.withopen.com slash Sam30. I hope you will experience Open for 30 days. Give yourself the opportunity to see how things change when you practice something like this regularly. I'm so excited to see what it does for you. So again, you can join me on Open by going to www.withopen.com slash Sam30. How are you, Olaniki? I'm doing great. Um, I had just gotten some um, Berea tacos, and so <laughs> that's why I wanted to push it back. You were like, <laughs> I, I really want to try these tacos. Because I'm a selfish babe, and I needed to take care of myself. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and I was actually really hungry, so I'm, I'm glad I got to Good. eat. Good. I love that. <laughs> we were literally just, we were actually, you guys? We were just talking about taking care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else in the world, and you just did you did just that. What a perfect entry into this episode. <laughs> I love it. Literally. Thank you. Literally. Well, Olaniki, by the way, we already started recording, so welcome. Welcome. Inspiring Higher you. Studio. Um, but we were just talking about how when I met you in New York and I heard you giving your incredible speech that I was just so moved. I think that pe- when people look at you and see that you're a very successful multiple seven-figure CEO and you have these multiple companies, they could assume that you just had it all made, right? And I think yeah, that, that- I could see that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's the assumption that a lot of people make who are not in your position that, oh, like it must have been easy for her. Like she had things figured out, but yeah. you did not have things figured out. And so yeah. I would love for you to just kind of wind back the clock and really start at the beginning and tell us your story of how you went from like eviction and poverty to now. Mm. <laughs> I know that's a loaded question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those that don't know me, my name is Ola Nike Olsibowale, and I'm the CEO of both Goddess Detox, my spiritual woman's wellness company, as well as Selfish Bay, my personal lifestyle development company. And in terms of what Sam had asked <laughs> when she saw, talked about poverty and eviction, I would say that I grew up like middle class. Mm-hmm. So I'll say that. I, I would say that I grew up middle class. I grew up in a uh, single parent household. So it was my, my mom who came from Jamaica when she was 18 to Florida. Wow. And it was my brother who was a year younger than me and me. So I'm 30 now in the year of 2022 when you're listening to this podcast. I'm 30. <laughs> and so... um. 
it was always just me, my mom, and my brother. And I feel like as an adult now, and I have no kids right now, at some point, yes, but not now, I can only imagine what it's like to like raise one child on your own. So to raise two children on your own that are kind of like similar in age, I feel like um, that could have been very, very tough for my mom. And so if you, like you're like working maybe one job and you're getting like this set income, for us, I felt like even though I would describe us as middle class, I felt like there were times when we did not have enough, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so whether it be like, okay, going to school and you know how back in the day at school, like it, it was all about the name brand shoes. Like you had to have the Nikes, yeah. you had to have, yeah, you know? And so for me, when we would go back to school, we would shop at Payless and I would get, I think Shaq had come out with these sneakers <laughs> called the Shaq Dunks I or whatever. <laughs> but they weren't Jordans and they weren't Nikes. Right. And so it's like, as a kid, it's like kids made fun of me, specifically this one young boy would make fun of me about the shoes that I was wearing. Because everybody else, like back in the day, I think the brand of shoes matters. I don't know how it is nowadays because you have your younger kids even, I know it may not be age appropriate, but some people were shopping on Fashion Nova or Shein. And I don't know if kids care about shoe brands the way they did back in the day because I went to a school that you had to wear uniforms. And so Me the too. only differentiating mm. thing was your boot bag and your shoes. That's the so true. The had to be Jan, Jan Sport. Yeah. Oh, and Jan the shoes Sport. had to be Nike. Oh <laughs> well, it definitely mattered, Olaniki. I think we're like a year apart. And I remember shopping for <laughs> shoes before school started was that was the move. And yeah. I don't know. I, I remember wearing like a slick pair of K-Swisses. Oh my gosh. And okay. Hilarious. Yeah. K-Swiss was popular. K-Swiss was popular. Yeah. That's so funny. I remember that. I liked K-Swiss as well. So that's what I would say. Sometimes like maybe the light would go out or sometimes it would be like maybe the same similar type of meals. Mm. Like I just felt like we didn't have an overabundance of money that was left over. That's right. how I felt like in terms of describing our income status. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of what Sam was talking about, which is like being evicted. So when I was talking at the event, I had mentioned that when I was in high school, I think I was about 15 or 16, and it was me and my brother walking home and we had lived in a two bedroom apartment. So it was always me and my brother always sharing a bedroom and I, my mom had her own bedroom. And so we had moved to this new space, apartment complex that was kind of like on the higher end than what we were used to. And so when we got to the door, I had noticed that there was an eviction notice on the door. And at that time I was working at like this sub spot. And so I had worked that evening. And so I had called my mom and I was like, hey, I see an eviction notice on the door. You know, what should we do? And she was like, well, start packing up stuff in trash bags. And so that's what we had began to do. I had to leave because I had to go to work. My brother stayed. And so I just worked my shift as normal. And then at, in, in the evening time, my mom came to pick me up. And I remember the car being filled with a lot of the trash bags, a lot of our stuff. And I think for a few nights, we had stayed in a hotel. And then for like maybe a week or two, we stayed at a friend's house. And eventually, we moved into a one-bedroom apartment. And so mind you, again, it's three people. It's my mom, my brother, and me. So my mom had her own room. And we, me and my brother would sleep like the, in this corner area in the living room. Like if there was a door there, there could be a door, but there wasn't a door mm -hmm. there. And so that would kind of be, our, I think, our space for like almost a year. And so we moved again to another two-bedroom before I finally graduated high school. But that's kind of like, that's what I would say in terms of like the income status. Like sometimes I feel like we wouldn't have enough. I wouldn't have an overabundance of money or mm -hmm. extra things that we could do. I worked. And when I worked, I, I provided at least half of my paycheck to my mom yeah. for additional income. So even the money that I worked for my own wasn't really all my money. Yeah. You know, it was money to support the household. And that's honestly why I even got a job. And people can, I would say this after going to therapy, that it wasn't not, like, I'm not like, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm so ready to get a job. I kind of felt forced by my mother yeah. to get a job, to, to find supporting income. And I, I think like what I would have preferred would have been like a conversation. Like sometimes I feel like parents, back in the day, I know parenting is different nowadays and people are practicing gentle parenting and yes. having a lot more compassion for their children, which I love. Mm -hmm. But I think that I would have, just had her, I would have preferred if she just said, hey, Vanessa, I know you're only 15, 
but this is what's happening. And it would be really appreciative if you could apply for this job so that we can have extra income. Now, I know maybe as an adult talking to your teenage child, that's like um, you may have some shame around it or you may have like this thing with your ego around it. Right. But I find that to be a lot more better than what I received, which was like somebody yelling in your face that you have to get this job because there's not enough money. And so for me and therapy, like I said, going to therapy and reflecting on that, I'm like, that is like um like a type of like money wound or money trauma mm. because i'm just like having to be this provider at 15 years old but feeling forced it w- it was not brought to me in a compassionate way well it's right. trauma and so since so i was just going to say it's trauma even outside of money too because you kind of are yeah. being asked to step into a role that's not yours right you're the child yeah. and now you're expected yeah. to kind of be a parent to yourself and almost a yeah. parent in a way to your mom too so i can imagine that must have been yeah, yeah a lot of pressure Yeah, I I think so. And, you know, again, like I said, it's like different being older and reflecting back on therapy because I feel like I don't really remember maybe a a lot of how I felt Mm. back then. I just feel like I probably was upset that this lady is yelling at me and telling me to get a job when she could have just asked. And but then as an older adult, I'm just like, damn, I didn't like that. Like that was fucked up. Like that's how I feel now. Yeah, right, <laughs> yeah, right. So for but I don't know if I had that type of language when I was younger. It was just something that I experienced and I worked from 15 to 18. Um but, yeah, 15 to 18. But Olaniki, what's so interesting about this is obviously that is a huge money wound and traumatizing for you. Yeah. But also on the flip side, you are one of the most ambitious people I know. I remember asking <laughs> you about your first entrepreneurial business and you said, oh yeah, like I was in college selling these t-shirts. And so I'm just yeah. kind of curious, although it was obviously painful for you at the time and there was a lot of resistance, yeah. how do you feel that that really influenced your relationship with money and work now? Because, you know, yeah. I know a lot of people who maybe have it made, you know, as a teenager. And so they don't have that drive, right? Um, If they've been given everything, then why work? And so although, yeah, yeah, it was incredibly painful for you as a teenager to have to grow up that quickly. But do you now feel that it was actually necessary as part of your growth, as a part of your journey? Because I'm going to say this. Would you be where you are (laughs) if that hadn't have happened? I think I would be exactly where I am if that did not happen. Mm. I'm going to be 100% honest. I, I don't that. think that it was an experience that I needed to have. Mm. But if that is a part of my journey and it just happened because of that, sure. But I feel like for me, I will say reflecting on that experience, I know that what came to my mind is like I never want my children to experience this. Mm. I never want my children to walk home to an eviction door and um, have to pack up their stuff and leave. Like, I don't want them to, I don't ever want the feeling of not having enough, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I will say in reflecting back on it, it's like, yeah, that could have, that definitely added to my pot of, I know I need to be a rich bitch. Mm -hmm. I know I need to be a wealthy woman. Like, I know that money needs to happen for me because we need it in this world for different things, right? And so for me, it added to that, but I've always been ambitious. I was always having good grades. I made sure I went to college, all the things. Mm -hmm. And so I even applied to a lot of scholarships in order to afford college that first year and actually was granted a lot of the scholarships, which I'm happy about. But that's my nature. And so I remember having a conversation with my mom some years ago. And um, she was and she brought this to my awareness, which I didn't realize. She was like, you know, when you think about doing something, you just go and do it. And I said, yeah, doesn't everybody do that? And she was like, no. And I was like, really? Like, I didn't know (laughs) that when people had an idea that they just didn't do it. You know, I had no clue. And so it reminded me that, oh, that's a strong gift of mine. That's that's something that I have and that I honor. And that's something that I can help other people with in their own lives. But it wasn't something that that was brought to my awareness until she brought it to my awareness. Mm. So for me, I've always been ambitious. And I feel like, for me, if it wasn't business um, entrepreneurship, um, I had originally studied psychology. I was on my way to a PhD program in psychology because I wanted to be a psychologist or a professor. I had switched over to a professor of psychology wow. after my internship. And I was like, oh, I don't think I want to be a psychologist anymore. But I would have done something. Mm. And I think entrepreneurship is something that, of course, I um, stumbled upon and started doing. And so and it worked out when I started thinking about it. And how did you um, stumble upon it? Because I know you were you were just yeah. 18, 19 when you started selling those t-shirts, right? 
No, no. So I had finished my first full four years of college. Okay. So that's about 22. So I didn't start my business till I was about 22, 23 mm-hmm. in my graduate program at FAMU University. And so when I was at FAMU, I was getting a master's in community psychology. And I remember there was this trip to Tanzania I really wanted to go to. It was a study abroad trip. And it was about uh, studying... Um, Studying why people skin bleach, why people would bleach their skin. I was really into understanding why people wanted to lighten their skin because I also have a Jamaican background. And skin lightening at some point is still popular in Jamaica, but it was a hell of a lot more popular in Jamaica. And a lot of other cultures as well were just fair skin, lighter skin is just seen as better. And I actually learned that for some people, it's how they can make their money because for some people, they will not get hired if they're too dark. Mm. And so I was raising money for that trip. And at that time, I was selling scented shea butters and T-shirts with like different sayings. And if you donated to my scholarship, I forgot what they had. It wasn't, um, what's those funding things that people have right now? Is it Fund Me? Oh, GoFundMe. Oh, GoFundMe. You know, GoFundMe. Yeah, GoFundMe. I think it was that. It was either that or another platform. And I was like, okay, well, if they donate, I'll give them a scented shea butter of choice. Mm, right. And so at that time, it's like, <laughs> that's how I started my business. But at that time, you know, that was a really transformational time for me because I was at a historically black university coming from a predominantly white institution. And I was learning what we call black psychology or the psychology of people of African descent. And like, what are the like nuances in psychology? And it wasn't something that I had learned before. And so I'm learning about uh, African spirituality, like different types of African spirituality. I'm learning about like affirmations, crystals, personal development, the power of my words. I'm learning about holistic yes. wellness. And so I had already started my business, but I was like marketing in like uh, Facebook groups or just telling people about it or doing a lot of vendor shows, like putting my table out mm-hmm. and selling in person. And eventually because I was gravitated to more of those things, I had switched my business, got a detox, to be just focused on women, mm. to focus on women, to focus on the womb in the beginning, as well as affirmations, because I still wanted it to be a brand that was about like self-love and connecting to yourself. And so at that time, I had started selling my first product, which is the Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls, and we can get in that, into that as yeah. well. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I started my business. And when I had learned to promote on social media and actually start making money, that's when it became like real for me. Like I could do this full time. And that's when I transitioned into doing it full time. But Olaniki, I just want to go back a little bit because what's so interesting about this story is that before this even taking off and you realizing that this could be full time, you clearly Mm. thought to yourself, I'm going to make more money trying to sell something rather than get a job. You know, I'm just curious because there's so many people who would have been in your position who thought, fuck, I need money. Like I need to get a job, right? And they would proceed to apply to wherever they can get an entry-level job rather than relying on their own instincts and creativity to create something of value. So when and where along the way on your journey did you think, no, I'm going to sell something? And why did you not think about getting a job? Because to be honest, me at 22, I'd be like, I got to go work at like Wendy's or something. Like I wouldn't have thought to sell something. Yeah, no, I had a job at the time. Okay. I had lots wow. of jobs. Okay. <laughs> I had lots of jobs um, from undergrad to grad school. So now I'm in grad school and I know I had a part-time position as a teacher's assistant or professor's assistant mm. because I was in my grad program. And so I would help my professor out, grade papers, etc. And so that was one of my jobs. And another job that I had was I don't know if it was like a guidance counselor position. Like I would say an unofficial guidance counselor for middle school students. I remember driving out an hour. Like I had to, I had to be up at six or five 30 in the morning and I have night classes. So imagine coming home from night classes, then you got to do like work and I wait last minute to write papers. So I'm staying up late and then I have to wake up at five 30 to drive an hour to get to this place. And so I had jobs, but, um, I, what I noticed is that even with the commute and driving to that, spa- that space, um, I would feel like my soul was being sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, the, that's like the best way to put it. Like, I, I know I did not like the drive. I don't like the instant alarm. Oh, I got to be awake. And I don't feel like I have time to like get myself together because, you know, people talk about their morning routine and shit like that, which is great. I'm, I have my things and I'm glad that I have the time to take my time to do it. Yeah. But 
I'm waking up. I'm taking a quick shower and I'm rushing out the door. I'm right. not doing no morning routine. You know what I'm trying to say? That's that's it. That's the morning routine. <laughs> <laughs> so that I noticed I didn't like that feeling. And so while I was, I had my job. Eventually I let go of that and I was just my professor's assistant. So that was still my job, which is a lot easier. I didn't have to wake up early, but I had that and I was still working on my business. And so for me, I still had something that was providing income for me to pay my rent and the, and the things of that nature. But it wasn't until I had, after I had graduated my program, so 23, 24, 25, so maybe like 25 now, I graduated my program, still doing my business, and I had applied to a PhD program, University of Miami. I did not get in, and I said mm. to myself, well, I had to ask myself why did I want to get my PhD? Mm, and yeah. I'm still doing my business as normal. The business is making money. It's fully supporting me. Like now at this time, I'm 25, 24. I don't have a job. I have my degree. I'm just doing my business. It's fully supporting me. Right. And so I was like, oh, the pay grade is higher when you have a PhD. That's why. Because mm. I had realized by the time I graduated, I didn't want to be a psychologist anymore. I wanted to be a professor because I preferred teaching and I could talk the way I wanted to talk Whereas if I was in a professional setting, right. I don't really think I get to talk to my patients the way I really would have really liked to speak to them. Yeah. And so I had made that switch. And so when I realized and said, hey, well, this is going pretty well. Like this business is going pretty well. I get to stay home. I don't have to go re really anywhere except to drop off these packages. I had decided to just do it full time. Now, at that time, when I was in grad school, I had learned how to market on social media. And the way that I learned how to market on social media was uh, shout out pages bigger pages i would message them dm them hey can i get an ad they say yes i pay them i send them my photo or video and caption boom it does well and i'm already posting on my page growing my platform so because i i knew how to make money now because there was a time that i was just marketing in facebook groups right. like that and that was the way that i would market but when i learned and i like to always shout out her out cc the six-figure chick who has now passed on her family i think has um continues her business when i had learned from her how to market on social media that was very influential for me because now that i'm making money i see this as a viable option of a livelihood for me mm, before right. i didn't before i was like hmm, no i still have to get this phd but it wasn't until that moment where i had to let that go willingly and say no i'm just going to continue my business and and just do that mm. and what's so interesting is um, how mirrored and parallel our journeys are. Um, I was actually studying for a master's program in speech language pathology when I was about the same nice. age. I was 24 and I didn't get in. And I experienced yeah. a, quite a pretty big mixture of emotions. Number one was relief, which was interesting because I was like, wait, yeah. I thought I wanted to go, <laughs> but I didn't get yeah. in. And I was like, kind of like, okay, now I don't have to go. But then I went on the same journey of questioning, why did I like apply for this in the first place. And yeah. it was very similar to you. It was this very fear-based desire. It was like, well, that's how I can make money. And so yeah. I was attached to this one way of making money and I was completely closed off to all the infinite possibilities. And so yeah. it sounds like by having that door closed for you, it really allowed yourself to like look the other direction and see what else is here. And um, yeah. I'm kind of curious, did you actually invest in yourself with CC? Did you invest in something in order to learn that? Yeah, I honestly, I bought an ebook probably for 30 or $40. It was not a lot of money. <laughs> and basically she just literally gave the steps. Hey, you email these pages or you DM these pages. You say, hey, interested in promotion. They tell you the price. You send them their caption and video. Make sure your Instagram page has information because we don't want people going to an Instagram page that doesn't look like they can buy anything. Mm. Proceed to, to tell them, click the link in the bio. Mm. And people are buying. And also my product was really good. My product was really unique, right? So yes. again, my first ever product that I began selling through Goddess Detox is the Goddess Vaginal Detox Pearls. And that is a womb. That's an herbal vaginal suppository. It's a womb and vaginal detox. That was different. Yeah. And what we people, a lot of women, what we call is the purge, which is a purging that's coming from the vaginal canal. It's helping women reduce their cramps. Um, um, a lot of women are getting pregnant. They're being told they couldn't get pregnant. A lot of women are increasing their libido, sexual wetness, um, getting regular cycles after getting off birth control. Like I've had a wow. woman that had the loss of her cycle after a year of birth control and she wow. got off. And when she started using the pearls, her cycle came back. You know, just a lot of miraculous things. And so for me... I also attest the sales, apart from the marketing, was just I was really selling a great product. Right, like yeah. I, I sold that product by itself 
for at least two to three years before I added anything else on. Wait, where did this idea come from for you, though? Like, to have this specific product? Because you were starting with the shea butters and the t-shirts. How did we get to the vaginal pearls? Yeah, so that's when I was reading a book called Sacred Woman by Queen Afua. Mm. And Queen Afua is an elder in the holistic community. And she, I would like to say she's almost like the elder of um, holistic womb health. And so she was a guest on the Red Table Talk probably about a year and a half ago, two years ago. And they brought her on. And she just talks to women about connecting to your womb, about detoxing your womb, but from more of a food standpoint, um, listening to your womb, even for women that may have had hysterectomies and talking about the spirit of your womb. Because as women, we are really connected to this place. This is our center of creation. And so at that time, yes, exactly. At that time, I was learning about this. And so because I was learning about all this information, my direction moved. Moved from just t-shirts and shea butters to, well, what can we do for the womb, mm. from womb wellness? And for me, I was introduced to what I call now the goddess vaginal detox pearls, use them myself, love them. And I was like, more women need this. And so I started selling them full time mm. and learning more about the herbs full time as well, because a lot of the herbs that are in our goddess vaginal detox pearls is traditional Chinese medicine. They're specifically mi- as set mixture to work the way that they do. And so for me, like, I have like I noticed that for me when I do my businesses, like I have to be passionate about it in some fashion in order to do what I do. So because for me, understanding that the the space that is a great center of creation for women is the womb space. It makes sense that you have to start with detoxing. You have to start with releasing because especially as we're calling more into our life, letting go of the things that have accumulated there, whether it be um, stagnant emotions, whether it be past sexual trauma, whether it be um, our doubts and our worries. You know, sometimes I tell women the affirmation or the intention that you can put inside the goddess vaginal detox pearls is I am releasing anything that is blocking me from my own success, right? Mm. Because we all know about like a little bit information about the chakras, right? And so for me, the womb space is your sacral chakra. And so, and that's connected to your creativity and sexual energy as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you can have some stuff that you're holding on to in your womb that you don't even know is blocking you from certain things. Mm -hmm. And so for me, being able to have an herbal suppository like our goddess vaginal detox pearls, that not only on a physical level, the herbs do amazing things. I like to talk about my products from a spiritual perspective, which is why I say that my company is a spiritual women's wellness company. I'm not just saying use this product There's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying for me, I'm not just saying use this product and physically this is what it's going to do. It's going to do these physical things, but on an emotional and a spiritual level, I like to say the goddess vaginal detox pearls are for spiritually and emotionally detoxing as well. I like to make sure in the instructions I'm saying, speak your specific affirmation and your specific intention into the pearls before inserting that into your womb space because I already know the power of your words is sending us a specific type of energy. I know the herbs already are vibrating on a specific type of energy. And I know your womb is already vibrating on a specific type of energy. Mm. So I like to let my audience understand things from a meta- metaphysical perspective than just physically, this is what we're doing, right. you know? Right. Well, I think for anything mm. to be truly effective, it has to be a holistic approach. And yeah. mm-hmm. we've become so obsessed with separation. It's like, this mm-hmm. is for your shoulder, right? Or like, this is yeah. for your nose. And it's like, no, my, my shoulder is like attached to, to my arm and like my back and my neck. And so yeah. it's like yeah. it's like when I go to see my Cairo, I'll be like, oh, my hip really hurts. And they're like, yeah, because your ankle is yeah. off. And I'm like, yeah. what? My ankle? Totally. Right. You know? And so <laughs> for this to work physically through the womb, it's it's not just the the physical womb itself. It, it's so much yeah. more than that. It's energetic. And the thing I also love too is that what's interesting is hearing that once you became more service-focused, meaning that this product mm-hmm. ended up becoming really married with your mission to help more women, that's actually when it like blew up because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it's almost like before before you were quote-unquote successful, although you were, right? It mm-hmm. was a business that would serve you, right? It was like, oh, mm-hmm. like what products can I sell to make money? And then I think the yeah. true success really comes when, okay, I'm taking care of, but now how can I take care of other people? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you become driven yeah. by something else other than yourself. 
so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. That's true. And it really That's sounds true. like spirit really just was guiding you the whole way. I have this new concept that I'm I following in that. my own business where I'm like riding the waves of my inspiration. You know, I'm yes. kind of like a business uh, planner. I want to know what's happening in 10 years and I'm trying to plan it all out. And I'm, I've just kind of divorced from all of that where now I'm like, I'm just going to keep, I'm just on my surfboard and I'm just going to keep yeah. riding whatever kind of comes my way and what really lights me up in those moments. And I can kind of see the dots connected in your journey where you just kind of yeah. kept following, following what felt right for you and listening to spirit yeah. as it guided you. Would you say that that's Yeah. Right? Oh, no, that's 100% true. And I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because at that time I had mentioned uh, learning more about what we call like African spirituality. So I was learning different spiritual practices such as Ifa, which comes from Nigeria, such as Santeria, which comes from Cuba. It's kind of, it's Ifa as well, but it's kind of different. Mm-hmm. Um, such as Voodoo, which people know as Voodoo from yes. Haiti, as well as what we know as Hoodoo. And so for me, I also learned something that was very pivotal for me that made sense to me, which is what I like to call ancestral veneration. Ooh. And anybody can honor your ancestors. It doesn't have to be from any specific race or culture. But when we look at other cultures, at least for me being a black woman, and let's say I go to maybe an Asian-owned establishment or an Indian-owned establishment, I may see like a picture of somebody, an incense, and a candle. Like just mm. over in the corner somewhere. Yes. And what I realized is that there's a lot of other cultures honoring their ancestors. And for me, it was new for me to honor the people that have passed on in my bloodline. Mm. And so when I was 22, 23, learning about ancestor veneration, and again, I'm coming from like a kind of Christian background, but it really, I knew it just wasn't for me. When I learned about ancestor veneration, which for me is just honoring those that came before me, providing offerings to them, prayers Mm. to them, and knowing that I'm not alone on this earth and that they are opening doorways for me and that they are listening to me and that they are, they can make move mountains for me on a spiritual level that's going to impact this uh, physical reality. For me, I'm like, oh, this feels like home. Like in terms of my spiritual practice, I'm like, oh, this feels good to me. Mm. And so when you talk about like feeling good, a lot of my my business, and I was just speaking at my friend's event uh, the other day, and she was talking about spirituality and entrepreneurship. And I was just saying, a lot of my business like it's not just let me sit down and do the actions, yeah. which of course I did, right. but a lot of it is like metaphysical. A lot of it is being connected to spirit. A lot of it is being connected to my ancestor as well as my Orisha, which are known as spirits of nature. And so for me, I'm like, my business would not be my business if spirit was not involved. Mm. Like it just wouldn't be my business, you know? Yeah, there's so much feminine energy being infused into it, which is so important because business as a structure really is so masculine, (laughs) right? And the way that we go about business, especially in the West, is like, what can I get? How much profit can I make? Right. And I think that's really starting to change. But um, I love this idea of ancestral healing, and I want to go more into this because I think in the Western world, I mean, consider that we're so divorced from treating our elders with respect when they're alive here, right? You Mm -hmm. know, there's this relationship that the Western world has to its elders kind of like hide the old people in the nursing homes. Whereas when you go to India, Mm -hmm. Asia, and I'm sure Africa, there's there's so much wisdom and respect and just I mean, honoring your elders is just a part of yeah. life, and that can extend yeah. into the yeah. people who are dead. I um, I studied uh, Spanish all throughout my life, and so we always celebrated Dia de los Muertos. Oh, and so- I'm going to Mexico ah! to two ex- to look at that celebration because oh, cool. I told oh, myself incredible. I always want to. Yeah, I told myself I always want to go to Mexico so I can actually see how it's done because I think it's so beautiful yeah. and so I'm actually going. And I just love that because it's just so part of their culture and the conditioning that yeah. like. Yeah, like these are us. Like this is who we came from and you can call upon these people. And of course they use this one day, this one weekend to like really go all out and honor them. But it's kind of part of their daily life. I mean, any like you said, if you go to anyone's home, a part of these cultures, they have like a picture and like a candle and like some beads or something, right? And sometimes they'll offer them food. And, um, you know, in the Western world, we think this is like so weird. We're like, like, why do you have that altar? Or like, you know, why are you cooking for them? But this, this... This is such an incredible honoring. And really, I think when you honor your ancestors, you're honoring yourself, right? Because all of those people are within you. Mm, I I totally agree. And I remember, I don't know if it was Chinese or Japanese culture. There's this one holiday where everybody goes out to the graveyards and they are giving to their dead as well. For me, yeah, that was, that made sense to me. That was the connection to me before I would ever give myself any spiritual like 
practice that I do, at the core, it is honoring my ancestors. At the core, it is them letting letting them know what's happening in my business, what I want from my business, what I want for myself. Like I know for me, like my business would not be where it was without the power and strength of my ancestors of great character. And so when it comes to other people connecting, I'm always an advocate of people connecting to their ancestors, especially because it has been so demonized. And mm. I just like to be an example of it. Like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to think this is like a scary, evil thing. You know, you know, I think for me, one of the biggest things that I've really been learning recently on my spiritual healing journey is like the ancestral wounds and understanding mm. that a lot of the trauma is generational and that, yes, a lot of it did happen in my lifetime, but even it being brought down for like my mom's childhood and then her mom's and kind of looking at that too. So, you know, what I'm hearing from you is that you've been really leaning on your ancestors for so many positive aspects and, you know, asking them for guidance and these gifts and, and really just leading you. Um, But I'm curious to know, did you also then get into ancestral wounds or a healing on that end? Was there like ancestral pain that you had to process at all? Was that a part of it? I feel like for me, Like when it comes to like ancestral rooms, ancestral traumas and healing that, like for me, I think it's me doing what I'm doing in my life that is helping heal certain things, right? So for example, like maybe poverty or or being of lower income, that's definitely something that I believe that I'm changing. Like I know for a fact that I'm bringing wealth into my lineage, right? And so for me, like doing the things, like even having my business, I know that's helping to heal old ancestral wounds. Mm. Me giving my offerings to my ancestors is helping them get energy and vitalizations and healing Mm. that they need as well. Me choosing to be in healthy relationships or leaving unhealthy relationships is healing ancestral trauma. And so the way that I look at it, because we look at like reciprocity, because we're so connected by blood, the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm choosing to decide for my life that may have been different back in the day is helping ancestral rooms, right? I'm wounds. I'm currently in a relationship with a woman. And so for me, I, and also I try to be my most authentic self when I can be like, I just always just show up as myself. And I know that back in the day, same sex relationships wasn't a thing, especially in the Caribbean. It's still growing in the Caribbean. It's still like a taboo thing in the Caribbean, but it's just like, I know that's healing somebody's ancestral rooms. I I know somebody in my family is gay. Like I just know that for a fact. You know what I'm saying? So, but they the odds are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They couldn't be honest about that, you know? So yeah. for me, I just feel like me living my life um, and choosing my desires and bringing those, th- those things to me, me believing in myself, of course, yes, I'm still honoring them and and giving the offerings and, and doing those things. But me being myself and doing things for my own success, I like to say to my selfish babes, me being a blessing to myself and making decisions for myself in a way that's going to bless me is helping heal ancestral wounds and trauma. And so for me, that's the way that I look at it. Like, it's not like one set ceremony where I'm sitting and I'm burning something. I'm like, oh, I'm letting this go for my ancestors. That can definitely be done. But I just think my everyday life you know, attributes to their well-being and like mm. is healing past wounds. Like I have done certain things where I've maybe given sweeter offerings and like lots of flowers to heal any um, resentment when it comes to love. And that's only because I was guided to do so. Like, oh, mm. the woman in your family may not had had a good run with love. And so they had a lot of heartache. So maybe I'm going to do a ceremony where the offerings that I'm giving is very sweet. A lot of roses, uh, you know, for the woman in my family to just help heal their heartache. Mm. So that's not a that. thing for me in the future. Mm. <laughs> I just I just love this theme of of the ancestors because it was it was something that I only really recently connected with. I want to say maybe yeah. a year ago or two years ago, I actually had a psychic reading, and yes. um, the medium told me there there's grandmother here. There's actually yeah. a lot of grandmother mm-hmm. energy, and um, I was like interesting. I was like, I do have one grandmother. And she's like, well, it doesn't have to be particularly that grandmother. It can be like, you know, like a group of grandmothers or like ancestors, but you know, they're, they're here with you. And um, I started thinking after that day, you know, how much hardship the women in my my family line had to go through for me to get here. You know, I'm the first woman in my family to be born in um, North America. So outside of Korea. Mm -hmm. And just even that is just such a 
wild shift from the timeline and the types of traditional roles that they filled. Um, yeah. Obviously, there were people who went through the Korean War. And before that, there was the Japanese occupation. And so, you know, thinking of all the suffering that they went through and for me to be here, it's just, I, it honestly overwhelms me whenever I feel like I can't continue onwards. I just remember that like I have opportunities that they could have never even dreamt of. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I'm just enjoying my life, enjoying the day and realizing that this was a beautiful privilege and a freedom that they literally could not have imagined with their own mind. Like they could not have imagined making as much money as me. They could not have imagined not having to get up like you had to wake up at 5 a.m. and drive to work (laughs) and hate it. You know, my my, uh, grandparents, um, my grandmother who's dead now, you know, they immigrated to the States and she was like, she was 40 something when she came to the States and she didn't speak English. And she actually was an entrepreneurial baddie. She like went to the hood of Philadelphia and she opened a little grocery store. And she was like this woman who didn't speak English, but she like, she was working and she worked so hard. You know, my mom always tells me that she remembers feeling very resentful towards her mother because she was always so busy because she was just, she was working and she was providing and I'm I'm sure she didn't want to work that hard. And so, yeah, I, um, I really love honoring the ancestors. It feels like such a, such a deeply spiritual and connecting practice. I really love what you said about how um, healing the ancestors, like that, you know, maybe not the best way, but one of the ways that you help to heal them and heal that, those wounds is by just being you. Yeah. Mm. And really that's the best way we can honor them. And that really goes back to the beginning of this conversation where we were talking about selfishness and really being honoring us first, because in honoring us, we honor everything else. And I kind of envision, um, you know, because I think a lot of people recently have been talking to, it is this really interesting, I don't know, phenomenon that we have such a hard time being ourselves, but I'm like, but yeah. like we are ourselves, but it's one of the hardest things to really learn. And that's what I'm learning right now is who I really am and, you know, what is my voice and what are the things that I want to speak up for? And I yeah. think of the world, you know, we are all one, right? All Obviously the whole law of one thing. And I think of us as these individual puzzle pieces and so many of us are trying to be another puzzle piece. Yeah. You know, whereas yeah. if we are just ourselves, we're going to be the right puzzle piece that fits into the rest of this whole picture. And I'm really stepping into this season of, yeah, just honoring me, being that selfish babe. Um, but I love this <laughs> this um, thought that you just brought into my awareness of how this is also not only healing me, but also healing yeah. my ancestors. Ashe, I really love that. I love that, Chino. You got some good reflections, yeah. girl. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I want to say it's this, just, though. <laughs> I was going to say, um, because what Gina was talking about is like, well, I, well, I have my other company. It's called Selfish Babe, right? And that's my personal development lifestyle brand. And basically, a selfish babe is a woman who selfishly and authentically loves herself and is creating the life of her dreams, honestly. Mm. And so for me... Um, like, I wanted to just kind of take the negative connotation of selfishness, right? Because when we think yes. of, oh, you're selfish, like, it's always a negative thing. And I was like, yes. oh, I want to make this, like, a positive thing. And so for me, it was like, oh, selfish, babe. And so not only that, but there's also this there's this spiritual connection. You're connected spiritually no matter what that looks like for you, right? That could look, like, so different for everybody. But it's just yeah. understanding that it's more than just this physical world, right? So for my selfish babes, they understand like the metaphysics as well. And what you talked about, like being the perfect puzzle piece, right? You know, um, I was having a a conversation with my friend the other day because I'm still learning that. I'm still learning to be myself and learning like all the ways that can work out for me. And so Mm -hmm. um, I had started my Patreon account a few, like a a few days ago, honestly. I was in Jamaica like a couple days ago. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start my Patreon account. And I started it and I'm like really happy about it. And I told my yes. friend, I told my friend, girl, this feels good. Posting on social media feels <laughs> feels good again. Like, yeah, that's what I told her. Because now mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, y'all want to know this? Subscribe to my Patreon, y'all. Like, this is what I'm about to show <laughs> yeah. y'all. Like, and I never, and like for me, yeah, like I just began learning about these practices that that felt so good to me. And so one of them was like taking my spiritual baths, being in the, like I, mm. my original spiritual baths was me just being in the water, having my different crystals, writing my affirmations and adding the sea salt. And that was, those were my original spiritual baths. But as I grew in my uh, mm. practice, I was meeting a lot of priests and priestesses of what we call the leukemia tradition and these are people Mm. that would learn to use certain herbs for certain things and so i remember learning about you 
learning about using certain herbs, for example, this one is basil, and using basil in order to clear my energetic field, to wash away any negative energy, to wash away other people's energy, and how to make a spiritual bath from basil. And this is a bath that you, we like to say a spiritual wash. You don't actually have to be in the bathtub. You can take your shower and then you can pour this mixture over your body with the herbs and you wash Ooh. down. And so for me, like stuff like that, like taking care of myself, was feeling really good to me. And so for me, I had already mm. started Goddess Detox. I'm talking about self-love, but I don't feel like me talking about self-love was really connecting to my audience in terms of teaching them what that means. And so that's how I came right. up with Selfish Babe, where it's more so a coursework or like I have my Selfish as Fuck Academy, where basically I'm teaching women how to put yourself first. <laughs> I love that. So I'm talking about how to pray. Yes, I'm talking about uh, how to pray for yourself, right? And one thing, mm. when I talk about prayer, I'm not talking about it and being in connotation with Christianity. I'm saying how yeah, to affirm yourself, how to pray for yourself in a way to bring things to you not from a begging pleading standpoint but a this is already happening now yes surrender as well but this is already happening now how to take your spiritual baths for cleansing how to take your spiritual baths for attracting and magnetizing how to burn yourself love candles how to start using your vagina to attract things to you and so for me my Selfish as Fuck Academy within the, the Selfish Babe community is that. Like for me, it's about the spiritual and it's about, well, how do you put yourself as the altar, right? We talked about ancestor altars and honoring our ancestors. But for me, in terms of being a selfish babe, it's like I am an altar myself. And how am I honoring myself? What are the offerings that I'm giving myself? How can I decide today to choose myself? Like I tell my selfish babe, it doesn't have to be something extra extravagant all the time. Literally, you can mm -hmm. go on Uber Eats right now, order your favorite dessert. That would be you choosing yourself because you didn't feel like driving to the store to go get it. You wanted it to be delivered. Yeah. You wanted to be served. And now you're eating it. Boom. Yes. You, you treat it. For me, <laughs> when you choose yourself more often, you are magnetizing yourself to attract more things that you want in your life. Because for me, it's mm. like when you're loving yourself, when you're believing in yourself, when you're taking yourself away from toxic situations that may not serve you. You are the one that is like really, really co-creating your life. And we already know you are, right? But I feel like when your foundation right. is self-love, there's so much more that you can co-create because you love yourself. And love is a very, very powerful energy. Love is a very, very powerful mm. energy. And so for me, when I'm talking to my selfish babes about self-love, it's like for me, that's the basis for everything because self-love is a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, I, I kind of now see selflessness mm -hmm. as self-betrayal in a lot of mm -hmm. ways. And when you think about the energy of self-betrayal, I mean, obviously, then you're probably not going to be attracting a lot of things that you want. Yeah. And I think that's why when yes. you are in self-love, you're in an energy of of love yeah. and of feeling abundance. good yeah. and you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. You're inherently abundant because you're loving yourself. And, you know, I think that I, what I love hearing is that this selfishness is really an act of love where I said, I think yeah. like you said, this negative connotation of being selfish means you're going to mean, be mean to everyone around yeah. you and you're going to be, you know, so like, you know, harsh to everyone in your life. And that's just not what and this that's is. The opposite. This is really, yeah, it's the opposite. Yeah. And so I just love the work that you're doing because you really are transforming the definition of what this really means. Yeah. And it's honestly helping me because I'm someone that had a really hard time speaking my truth, yeah. setting boundaries. I was in a lot of toxic relationships um, because I felt selfish to speak my truth because I didn't want to hurt them. Yeah. But what was happening over and over and over was again, this self-betrayal. Yeah. And I just had this one day where I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to betray you anymore. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to be here for you. And I'm going to choose you. And my inner spirit is like, thank you. Like, thank you. And <laughs> I love that. You know, and I missed you. <laughs> I missed you. And honestly, I, I'm a mom. My yeah. daughter is seven and, you know, I can already witness the conditioning that happens in kids, right? Yeah. Even it's so subtle and honestly, it's even hard for me as a conscious parent to to watch this because, you know, on the, they're on the playground and it's like, oh, go be nice to that girl. And yeah. it's like, but, but why? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what if she doesn't even want to play with that girl? But yeah. then they're celebrated for playing with her even though she doesn't want to because that's like the nice thing to do. Yeah. And so then no wonder we grow up to be friends with people and to stay in these relationships to be nice. Yeah. Um, and then again, we're just almost teaching inherently this, this pattern of self-betrayal yeah. and not listening inward. And so I love the work that you're doing. Um, this conversation has honestly been so healing for me. <laughs> Sam and I were just talking about selfishness before yeah. we even started recording – 
Um, and I'm really transforming the way that I view this as really an act of love, um, not only for myself, but again, for the world. Yeah. So thank you. I wanted to doing. say that like, because it's so opposite, right? So for me, when yeah. a woman or person, honestly, is pouring love into themselves and they are choosing things that are going to bless themselves, I feel like when you have that energy and you feel so filled up, you naturally want to give back. You naturally yes. want to like help. You know, you just have more energy too to do so. And so for me, totally. like when a woman especially is, is like giving from an overflow, the community and the world benefits. And so it's like mm. people would think, oh, selfishness and I'm not going to help anybody. And it's just this whole negative thing. But it's like, no, when we're looking at it from this positive thing, which is I'm making choices for myself and I'm not really thinking much about other people. I'm really thinking about myself of what's going to be the best decision. And if I'm happy with decision and I move forward that decision and I'm really like loving my life now, then you just want to give back. I just feel like that's just yeah. a natural reaction. They like to say, they like to say the goddess is always giving. The goddess is always overflowing. Have you guys ever watched the movie Moana? Oh, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I love that movie <laughs> love so that much. Movie I watched too. it the other day and it's so deep. <laughs> no, it is. It's so deep. How do, you make, They're also how do deep. they make these Disney movies for kids so fucking deep? I'm just like, wow. They're like for adults. Like when I, I watched the movie Soul, I was like, <laughs> movie? Like, Soul is definitely more of an adult's movie. But it's you know, an my adult daughter, movie. My daughter's like singing, you're welcome. And like now, and I'm like, oh my God, Tafiti. No, and I'm just so like thinking good. about the journey. Because I think um, what, there was a quote that they said that was something like, um, the gods don't make Maui, Maui makes Maui. Mm. There was something like that that I was like, oh yeah, like I think so many of us are looking outside to make us who we are, but yeah. it's like we are who yeah. we are, you know? So anyways, what were you going to share about Moana? I'm so curious to hear. First of all, I'll say Moana and Coco are great movies when it comes to ancestor veneration. Oh yeah. Oh, Coco. Because y'all oh, yeah. saw Moana's grandma talk to Moana, okay? And that was yeah. a beautiful scene. But apart yeah. from that, after the island or the island goddess got her heart back, you saw how yeah. the world transformed. Yes. The goddess is yeah. always overflowing. The goddess is always abundant. And so when I talk about my selfish babes, there's an aspect of them looking at themselves as goddesses and how can you honor yes. yourself, as I mentioned. And so for me, when a woman is giving of to herself, she is naturally going to overflow. So it is about, for yeah. me, when a woman is choosing herself, she is going to give back to community. It's, it's such an opposite way of thinking, but that just is naturally what's going to happen. I yes. love that comparison because I think of Tefiti as like the goddess of the yes. island. And I really think of that like it's our soil, yeah. right? It's literally our yeah. soil that everything is being planted into yes. and growing out of. And so if we're not yeah, no, that's fertilizing it. or whatever, I'm not, no, I'm that's not a plant it. person. But that's it. you know what I mean? It's it's like selfishness is really taking care of the soil yes. from which everything grows out of. So Oh my gosh. Yes. I the selfishness is a soil. <laughs> mm, that's good. That's good. You need to yeah, create like a selfish soil for like selfish that would soil. be so cute <laughs> right oh that's your next God. product yes. yes selfish <laughs> soil for totally your, for your that's so cute oh I my gosh that. well I think that obviously for so many women and men too if you're listening this is such an incredible lesson to really root into and integrate that yeah. selfishness is an act of love yes. not just yes. for yourself but Jeez. literally the community and the world um, and so we always ask all of, this has been such an incredible conversation. I love that we got to loop in Coco and, yes. and uh, Moana and the ancestral yes. <laughs> and these elements of African spirituality. It's so incredible. But, you know, we always ask our guests, what is the one lesson that you've continuously had to spiral through? Hmm. The lesson that you've had to kind of come face to face with over and over on your journey. The lesson that I've had to come face to face with on my journey. Hmm, I have to think about that one. Hmm. Yeah, we notice that there's a lot of common themes for people yeah. where they kind of, yeah, keep facing the same kind of things. Yeah, I would have to say right now because I think it's still like even learning through. I just think it's listening to myself. I feel like continuing mm. to listen to myself more and trust 
in what I'm being guided to do. And so whether Mm -hmm. it is the business, whether even in different points of my business, continuing the business, because maybe there's outside noise that's like, no, this is not for your vagina. But then spirit's like, no, bitch, like this is this is what you're supposed to be doing. And so like listening to myself and even like with starting the Patreon, right? Like for me, I'm like, oh, well, who would care? And then that's what I thought about. Like, who would care? But then I'm like learning and even been told by spirit, though, people like the things that you do, people could use in their life to yeah. shift to shift themselves. Because my way of being, yes. my way of being is is natural to me. Right. Like I told you, my yeah. mom had that conversation wow, about is- that, about, oh, you just do stuff and you, you know, and I was like, oh, but doesn't everybody. And she's like, no. So yeah. it's like my way of being can help other people. And so now with the start of my Patreon, I'm just like, oh, like I was, I just came from this event. I was speaking at this event. I was about to go take my bath and and put on my spiritual cologne. I said, oh, let me show them. <laughs> let me show my Patreons what spiritual colognes I got and why I'm doing this. Oh, I opened up my, yes. I opened up my bag and I got a citrine crystal in that. And that was a bag I didn't have. I have multiple citrine crystals in multiple bags. Because I love citrine and I know that brings abundance and prosperity. And it's in my bag because that's where the money is. And so for me, mm. I just, I'd be like, oh, this is just me living my life. But me living my life is help, it can help people. And so like listening yeah. to myself more, I think is a, is a lesson I'm consistently learning. Even right now, um, with my business also being in Jamaica too, like I have started Goddess Detox in Jamaica too. It's just like, you know, normally I'm like, well, why? Like, you know, but I do have an ancestral connection to Jamaica and I have this this heart like feeling like, oh, I need to be on the island. Like I need to be on the island. But in my mind, logically, it's like, but why? Like you everything here is easier. Like, why would you do that? You know, but in my heart, mm. my spirit is like, bitch, you need to be on the island. <laughs> so for me, it's like yeah. being like like okay with what's coming up for me and like listening to that, mm. even if it's confusing as fuck and doesn't make any natural sense. Wow. Yes. I, I think listening to spirit is so difficult for people because they want to predict the future. Yeah. And spirit's like, I'm not gonna tell you that. Mm-hmm. You just you just gotta go over here and trust. And you're like, but but how do I know if it's gonna work out? Right? Because yeah. that's the mind. The mind always wants to projectile itself into future and past. And spirit's like, no, I just want you to like trust in the now and like just keep going and like things will unfold. But um I, I love, oh my gosh, I love that realization you had about like, oh wait, me just being me yeah. like is valuable because that's actually the journey I went on last year when I just kind of was feeling burnt out with my last career. And then I was just talking to my friend about, you know, all this shit that I fucking talk about, yeah. like my manifestation yeah. and spirituality. And she was like, I don't think you realize like how the like the way you explain these things that people could get value from. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? Like just read a book. Like, but it it came so naturally. And she was like, no, 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 no. Like just because it's easy for you yeah. and this is just kind of like how you are, like other people aren't like this. Yeah. And other people yeah. don't perceive and download the information like you. So you should start talking about it. And I was like, really? But why? Like who's yeah. like just like yeah. you, Olenike. I was like, who's gonna listen to this shit? Like, but it does add value. I mean, look at us now, yeah. like three incredible women who yes. are healing their ancestral line and giving this information to people for free yeah. to help raise the vibration of the collective. Yes, I totally mm. agree. And I think it's just that realization of like oh, no, the way I do things is really special. Because like you just said, it was just like somebody having to tell me or even spirit having to tell me that this has value. Because in my mind, I'm just like, you know. <laughs> so, but happy, You're like, this just me. But now, but now because I have this realization, bitch, a bitch about to turn the fuck up. Okay, so I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> and so well, we know you. that excitement really is the language of alignment. Yes. I think that yep. when you are excited, that is spirit being like, "Yes, go, continue yeah. this." It's like yeah. a little of this. Pathway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, like I oh told you gosh. guys, it's more fun. Like I just feel back into that fun and that play. And as I know, because I know Sam, you you're Abraham Hicks fan too, right? So like that Huge. that energy yep. of like playfulness and excitement and like following your joy. Like I just feel like that's you know where I'm at. So, yeah. It's so funny because we talk about this all the time and um, we've both been listening to Abraham for forever yeah. and literally it's it's almost stupid simple where you're yeah. like, wait, yeah. so just be happy? Yeah. And like just, just try follow to follow my excitement? Like, yeah. So just 
do things that feel good yeah. and that's it. It's almost so oversimplified, but that's literally the key. And that's how you know you're following spirit because mm-hmm. spirit only wants those things for you that are going to bring those joyful moments and those joyful feelings and the feeling of freedom and peace and all of those mm-hmm. things. But yes. wow, thank you so much for your energy, for your time, for all of your wisdom. Um, we both have pages and pages of notes. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. There's so down. many nuggets I got from this. And yes. um, yeah, I'm just so I'm just so happy because I remember talking to you in New York and just that dinner couldn't last long enough. Yeah. I, I wanted to know so much more. And so thank well, you for inspiring. Well, she texted me right <laughs> yeah. after and was like, yeah. we're going to have her on the podcast. And I was like, I was like oh, wait, she's coming on. <laughs> yes. I was like, she's coming yes. on. But um, I mean, you inspired obviously me and Gina, but I, I'm sure you've inspired already thousands of people just by being here. So just, literally just, just by being yeah. here. You just yeah. showed up, you ate your tacos, yeah. you're here now, and you're just you're just being yourself and it's changing people. So don't stop doing that. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you everyone for listening. <laughs> um, and just before you go, tell us where we can find um, more yes. about Selfish Babe and Goddess Detox. Yes. Um, obviously, if anyone wants to grab these suppositories, these amazing herbs, I mean, tell us about it. You actually... At the event, one of the vaginal washes was a part of the yeah, well, they gift box that I got. Yes, and yeah. I, I was like, it was like, say these affirmations while using. And like, I like, I fucking used it. Yes. And I was saying the affirmations because <laughs> I was like, I'm going to do the whole thing. Like, it was oh, a ritual. It. Exactly. I'm happy to hear that. So for Selfish Babe, you guys can go to SelfishBabe.com. Um, you can download our app. We have, we just hit 200,000 app users. You're going to get a wow. daily affirmation or a self-love reminder. You can also find out my course, The Selfish as Fuck Academy. Academy, which is about loving yourself spiritually at selfishbabe.com. And I also have Wealthy Woman, which is more about money and abundance. Now, um, in terms of Goddess Detox, you guys can order at goddessdetox.org, follow at Goddess Detox. And what uh, Sam was talking about, we have our crystal infused yoni washes. And so, for example, Ooh. Wealthy Woman, which is the one that was in the box, is about prosperity and abundance. So the stones that are in that one is citrine, and the affirmations is about prosperity and abundance. Pussy Power is about self-love. The stone in that one is rose quartz. Mm. Sex goddess is about confidence and your sexual energy and pleasure, which is why we have the carnelian Mm. stone in that one. We have our goddess vaginal detox pearls. We have our vaginal steaming set and we have our new jasmine yoni oil. And that one is about seducing yourself. So desiring yourself as well. So you can find out all information on both websites. And again, all of my businesses are connected to spirit. So in some way, it's going to be about the energy that you're bringing in for yourself Mm. i love we love to see it we (laughs) love love to see it thank you so much for really just giving us your whole product suite (laughs) i mean (laughs) if you aren't inspired by some of those products then i don't know who you are but i'm inspired and i have the wealthy woman um which is so incredible a great product to add to my to my routine yes so yes. thank you thank you for creating that and giving yes. it to the world thank by you being your spirit. wise wonderful weird self it's amazing <laughs> thank you guys i appreciate so much Bye. thank you so much for listening to this honest conversation we hope it brought you peace clarity and a little bit further along your spiritual journey if you loved this episode it would mean the world to us if you left us a five-star rating and review so we can bring you more conscious conversations spiritual topics and guests Here's to spiraling higher.